for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! And welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, joining you from the great horse state of Kentucky, uh, decided to make a week-long trip down here. Uh, but business as usual, how we feeling down there in uh, the great state of MD, man? Ready to dive into our 24th-ranked team, the Power Rankings. Yeah, pretty excited. We got our first number one overall pick in this year's class um, up on the docket here today, so that's great. Um, and how's the weather out there? This this gives me flashbacks to the old the weather era. <laughs> I have I've been really I I kind of fell off that trend without me like even have to self correct I don't know but yeah the weather's fine up here it's all good same weather in Maryland it be what it be but I am ready to dive into the 24th ranked team in the Blitzpot power rankings across the board and if you've looked at the uh, title of the video or read the description or anything uh, you already know or if you're looking at the screen. You already know that it's the Carolina Panthers that we're doing today. Um, and it'll be a fun one, like Jaden said. Uh, we got a new future, or as it seems, in embarking in Carolina. So can't wait to dive into that and to overview their outlook for this year. So without further ado, let's dive into the Carolina Panthers. And we have to cover none other than the quarterback first. And that is the number one overall selection from this past draft, <clears throat> and that is quarterback Bryce Young, who came from Alabama, had an illustrious career. He was a phenomenal recruit coming out of high school. Uh, then he goes to Alabama, does phenomenal things, uh, wins the Heisman, and he was like, people have been doubting me my whole life. Uh, that's blatantly not true. Uh, he has been always number one ahead of the pack his entire life. And that didn't stop when he got selected number one overall by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, there was concerns about his size. Uh, that was always a thing. Uh, that size concern was always there. And it seemed to be as the drafts go, the draft hype towards the end there was that maybe Bryce would fall a little bit. Maybe we would see somebody else go number one uh, because of that size. But didn't end up being the case. Carolina goes Bryce Young, and you assume because Carolina traded up to that number one pick that they thought that that was their guy all along. So, looking forward to seeing what he does in year one going forward as well. Uh, but what do you see um, Bryce Young doing this year, man? Yeah, I mean, this this draft cycle was very interesting because obviously Carolina did not start the number one pick. It was Chicago who, you know, verdict's still out on if they have their franchise guy, but they ultimately believe that they did. Um, the odds were that it was going to be Jalen Carter at number one when the Bears had it with Bryce Young, I think, as the second favorite uh, in Vegas. And then immediately after Carolina traded for the pick, C.J. Stroud went to, like, big minus money. And then they went to Stroud's pro day first, and it went to, like, I think he, Stroud was, like, minus six, 650, minus 700 at one point to go number one. Um, 
And as the draft cycle went on, I think it became more clear to a lot of people as well as the Panthers that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this class. And that's ultimately what happened here. And it like it was so far out that it felt like there was almost no way that it wouldn't regress back to the point of Bryce Young being the number one pick. Um, and we knew probably a week or two in advance that it was going to be Bryce Young without a doubt. Um, but he's going to come in here. Uh, we are going to talk about their their playmakers in a little bit. But obviously the size was a big concern for them. Um, or for him, rather. He is pretty slight. Uh, the pro football reference page, the weight keeps going up. I think I had it, saw him at 5'10", yesterday. If you remember at the combine, the thing was he got up to 190. So he was a little bit lower than that before. So he's going to... He's obviously... As we know, a little bit smaller in stature, but he's not a Kyler Murray st- small in stature because Kyler Murray, if you look at him, he's a little built, he's a little chunky, but he's just short, and obviously he can move around and everything. Bryce Young is short and slim, and there are chunky dude. Take take chunky. a look at Kyler Murray, man. He's like a full size, like he looks like he's in like a tube, which is extremely stocky rude. would be the word that I would look for. Sto- I'll take Compact. I'll take stocky. I'll take compact. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Chunky. Kyler Murray looks like he's chunky. Looks like he's in a tube. Like he's in a like he's in a body sized tube. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Bryce that. Young. All right, continue. My <laughs> Bryce Young is on the lighter <laughs> side, and that's why there are concerns for Carolina this year. Is is he going to be able to stay up on a consistent basis? And if he gets crunched by you know our defensive tackles in this league, if he gets sat on by Vita Vea within his own division, who he's going to play twice a year for a little bit, will he get up? <laughs> um, that's going to be the question. Obviously, this offensive line is much improved, and again, we'll get into that in a little bit. But Bryce Young works the middle of the field better than everybody, which is the concern with shorter quarterbacks that they can't see over the middle of the field. He works it better than anybody. He's mobile. He creates. If he was 6'2", We'd be talking about him the same way we talked about Trevor Lawrence, the same way we talked about Andrew Luck. He sees the game in slow motion. He's able to create with his legs on occasion. He's not like a scrambler, more of an improviser like a Patrick Mahomes where you don't see him take off on designed runs and stuff like that. But he's got that, like, he's literally just that much faster than everybody that's chasing him, no matter who it is that's chasing him to him as well. So I do see a lot of Patrick Mahomes in his game. I know that that's kind of crazy to say, but that's like... If you're trying to find a comp, uh, some people see Drew Brees as well, but I, I like I like what I see from Bryce Young, and I definitely would have picked, taken him at number one if I was making the choice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this was touted as the best quarterback class that we've had in a really long time, you know, and I feel like people seem to forget that as we got, like, on top of the draft and now that we're sitting past the draft. Like, people are already saying, like, oh, next year's quarterback class. Next year's quarterback class is going to be packed. Like, it is going to be packed. Caleb Williams leads the pack. But, like, we were talking about this past draft class in the same way, you know, like once a time, once upon a time. And then it just kind of came and went. But Bryce Young is one of the best quarterback prospects that we've seen, you know, in a while. And uh, he's going to be pretty good in the NFL, I think. Uh, I was thinking about comps. One other guy that I'll mention, and then we'll move on to the playmakers. Uh, but Russell Wilson, I feel like it's almost dead on for Bryce Young. Like, 
Russell Wilson didn't really, like, he wasn't a designed runner, per se, uh, but he was one of the best improvisers in the National Football League when he was doing it at his best just, uh, in just Seattle. just minus the deep ball. Bryce Young, like, he's got an arm, but he doesn't, like, Russell Wilson's moon ball is, like, one of the best that the league has probably ever seen as far as his accuracy on the deep ball. Bryce Young doesn't quite have that, but as far as short to intermediate, he's going to work it pretty well, and he's still got the arm to get it there. Yeah, for sure. Well, he's got his uh, playmakers set up for the short intermediate game. So let's dive into them. Uh, And we start off with, might as well start off with their, I guess, big free agency signing slash splash that they did. And that is, how old is he now? I don't know, but he's pretty old. Probably like 33. will be 33 when the season starts. Okay. So they bring a 33-year-old Adam Thielen in on a two-year deal. Uh, so he'll be 35 with that end. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but he seems to be shaping up to be the wide receiver one right now in Carolina. We'll see how that goes down the line as we go through the year. Uh, DJ Chark, they also brought over from Detroit. Chark's bouncing around a little bit. Started off in Jacksonville really hot. Uh, kind of died off towards the end. Tried to get something in Detroit, didn't really pan out there on a one-year deal, so he finds another deal in Carolina. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, he's wide receiver, low wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three for any given team, I feel like. Uh, but then you got Terrence Marshall as well, uh, who was a pretty high draft pick two years ago out of LSU. Um, the prospect profile was really good, but... So far, hasn't really seemed to be turning out. Uh, didn't really get a lot of time to prove himself last year, uh, despite all the terrible things going on in Carolina, which is kind of alarming. Uh, then they drafted Jonathan Mingo, who we've talked about a fair amount before the podcast started, uh, because not a lot of love for Jonathan Mingo on these graphics, and I think he's going to be a big part of this offense going forward this year. Uh, and then the big-time acquisition in the offseason – was running back Miles Sanders uh, from Philly. They did give him a pretty fat running back contract uh, in comparison to the other ones. Uh, but Miles Sanders seems to be the RB1 in Carolina, who will catch plenty of passes. Frank Reich was talking about it in a press conference the other day with Miles Sanders. Like, hey, man, you're going to have to catch more passes this year. Uh, and then on the tight end side, nothing crazy. They got uh, Hayden Hurst, brought him in this year. So he's also a new face. A lot of new faces on this Carolina offense. Uh, who hops off the page to you, man? Uh, I mean, as far as just name recognition value, I do think that Adam Thielen is going to bring something to this offense. He is one of the better, um, not ball placement guys, but a guy that can find the ball, you know, not jump ball scenarios technically, but I guess ball trackers in the NFL, maybe you know, that we've ever seen. I, I really think that he is super underrated for that as far as the ball tracking ability, being able to find it in weird spots, being able to contort his body to get to it. I'm not even kidding you. I know you don't look at him and you think that. We really jump into wide receivers on this podcast. He like, was we, never we really into those guys. He was never the wide receiver one. I know. In Minnesota. I know. And, like, he's and that's be the because best every ball tracker of all time. I, he's he's <laughs> one of. One of. One of. Oh, and he doesn't do a whole lot else in a great manner so that's why he was at the wide receiver one but will be nice to have him here i think dj chark is another fine addition for this team as well is going to provide some deep threat you know he's that tall fast guy that you're going to be able to get in here was fine for detroit last season but didn't 
I, I believe, missed quite a few games. Uh, Terrence Marshall, 2020 draft pick, had a lot of people in Carolina had high hopes for him. He hasn't really panned out here. I think this might be his last chance at being a starting wide receiver, and he was not even really supposed to be given this. I mean, if we remember this time last year, they had DJ Moore, and they also had a guy who we thought was going to be a legit asset for the Panthers in Robbie Anderson, who is now might be with Arizona. Might I think he's a free agent, or he's like chosen Anderson. And yes, sir. chosen Anderson. Sorry, if he does make the team, I will not be putting C. Anderson. I'm putting Robbie Anderson. Sorry, um, <laughs> but you mentioned Jonathan Mingo uh, was a guy that I liked a lot coming out. Was a guy that I really liked this spot for him because. We just talked about it. There is no wide receiver one on this team. Like, they need a guy that they can be confident in giving the ball to. And I think Jonathan Mingo can be that guy for them. He is a thick guy. He reminds me kind of a lot of a little bit of Traylon Burks from this past year's class, uh, where thick, chunky. Dude, we're throwing out the body. Wait till we get today. to the offensive line. Um, <laughs> Okay, continue, man. I'm sorry, Chief. But and he he's got he's getting a lot better as a route runner. He also uh, gets some Lavisca Chenault comps, who's on this roster as well. Where you know he's you know not your typical throw the screen to this kind of guy because when you think of that, you think of a smaller, fast wide receiver. But you give him the ball and he can create a lot of plays with his hands, the or with his legs. A lot of the problem here is that he was a bit of a late bloomer. Didn't really do a whole lot his first three years. Uh, was the senior this past season and did kind of break out. So it's nice to see it, but you only saw it when he had the age advantage on a lot of these guys. So that kind of makes you draw back a little bit. Uh, LaVisca Chenault is still here. He's probably going to be a non-factor, especially with Jonathan Mingo, who can do the same thing as him and is younger. Um, as far as the running game goes, I have been a outspoken non-Miles Sanders guy. I don't get it with him. I just, I don't. I don't see the Miles Sanders hype, so I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't as good this year, not in Philadelphia with that amazing offensive line and the threat of Jalen Hurts always being a problem. Uh, but it's going to be him and Chuba Hubbard, and I do think that I'd rather have Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard, so he might kind of be a volume monster, as crazy it is to say this year, with a good offensive line, not as good as Philadelphia's, but still a solid unit, and he you know, might be getting some goal line work here because they also let Deontay Foreman go, who was their goal line guy in last season. Uh, and then at tight end, Hayden Hurst, nothing to get you overly excited. He's going to get the job done. He's like the 20th best tight end in the league, and that's what he's always going to be. Um, he's going to have good weeks. He's going to have bad weeks, but nothing overly crazy either way or the other. Yeah, for sure. I mean, invest a little bit on the safety blanket that is Hayden Hurst. Um, but yeah, I'm a little higher on Miles Sanders this year. Uh, I think he's going to have, it just seems like they have a lot of faith in him. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Frank Reich was uh, part of Eagle staff when they drafted Miles Sanders. Uh, was he a coordinator? Might have been. Might have been. He might have missed it by a year. Let me look. You keep talking, I'll look. Okay. But if he did, um, if he was a coach while they drafted him, obviously they have faith because he brought him into the new organization now uh, that Frank Wright has at. Uh, so obviously saw good things out of Miles Sanders. While and even if he didn't draft him, like he saw great things from him while he was in Philly, and then you know takes that, puts it in the memory bank, and then a few years later gets the head coaching gig in Carolina and brings Miles Sanders in on a pretty 
decently fat contract to be the running back one. And like you said, he's got no competition in that backfield. So he's probably going to be the guy on this Carolina offense. And I wouldn't put it past Miles Sanders to be the guy with the most catches on this offense this year. Could ha- that wouldn't be definitely crazy. could happen. Uh, the only thing is they are kind of cleaning house here with this staff. They let go of the offensive coordinator that did was the same guy that was giving Chuba Hubbard a shit ton of touches even after Christian McCaffrey was gone. I mean, obviously now Christian, how many touches Christian McCaffrey got. Um, but this is uh, we'll get to the coaching in a little bit. But um, it is the running backs coach from LA. Cam Akers didn't get a lot of receiving work he got some same thing with like daryl henderson sonny michelle through that those seasons there um but again he is a he is able to catch the ball um he is one of the better pass catching backs in the nfl you they you could list me like five different guys and i would believe you if you told me that they led the team in catches this year right exactly like he, he might not even get like over 600 yards but I could see him get lead the team with catches. So, all right, let's move on from the playmakers and let's dive in to this offensive line. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the highest rated unit that we've had out of anything so yeah, far. I believe, and that it is the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers, tied with Arizona at quarterback. But obviously, we know mm-hmm. Kyler Murray is not healthy. Um, so technically, they are the highest active unit in the NFL right now that we've revealed so far. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of good names on this list. Uh, they're young. Uh, they still got Icky there. Uh, another year Icky at tackle. Gotta love that. Uh, who are you excited to talk about on this list? Or are you jazzed up about the Carolina O-line protecting Bryce Young this year? I, I actually am pretty jazzed up, Kane. Uh, I liked Icky Aquanu. I didn't like him as much as Evan Neal, but I liked him enough and then I really liked what I saw from him last year. He did have his lumps, but he also really showed some evolution as a pass protector that we didn't see at all from him really at NC State. He was like, there were teams talking about maybe taking him at guard just so he can beat the shit out of teams in the run game. Um, but he showed a lot of development as a pass protector. You also have Taylor Moton here, who is one of the better right tackles in the NFL. So you have two bookend tackles, and they've really done a good job in overhauling this offensive line. If you remember, I believe it was two or three years ago, they were probably the worst offensive line in the NFL. They had guys that are backup levels starting on a consistent basis. Um, and they bring in guys like Bradley Bozeman. They sign an Austin Corbett. They draft the Brady Christensen, who's ended up panning out for them at left guard. And, you know, this does lead, like I said, to the 12th best offensive line here. And it really is a commendable job that they've done to rebuild this unit because if they didn't rebuild this unit, if this was like, if this unit was in the 20 somewhere, I would not feel as good about the future for Bryce Young because obviously, like we talked about, he is a little bit slighter. And if he's getting hit all the time, He's going to wear down, and he's not going to return number one overall pick value. If you can keep him up, he can play like a number one pick for you. But if he's taking hits all the time, he's not. Quite frankly, he's not going to be available for you, and you need that from a team for a team like this. So, this offensive line is going to be extremely important for them. But I'm glad, like we said, it's the best unit we've revealed so far, and I'm pretty excited for the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we mentioned a lot about Bryce Young's size. And, uh, you know, Bryce Young's got to feel good uh, coming in year one and sitting behind one of the best offensive lines in football. 
and one of the most improved for sure and one of the younger units so gotta love that he's gonna be able to grow with them as he gets older uh, the offensive line will get older and you know you kind of uh, rocket ship yourself into the future which is kind of dope gotta love what you're seeing from Carolina um, and then more of the same on the front seven not as highly rated as we have them down uh, 10 spots from that ranking at 22 overall in their front seven uh, but they definitely got some names here man I mean you still got Shaq Thompson there obviously he's the leader of this defense um, he had a breakout season last year uh, love to see that and um, they still got, what's the, uh, we were literally just talking about him yesterday, former first-round pick, no tackle Derek out Brown. of uh, Auburn. Yes, Derek Brown. Yep. And he's had some solid improvement um, steadily since he's come to the league. Uh, so, I mean, this defense is definitely better than a lot of other defenses in the league. Uh, who are you excited to talk about? And what do you see the outlook being for this defense, in the front seven specifically? Yeah, I was a little, I mean, again, I know that I play a part in putting these rankings together, but it is a consensus. I am only one-fourth of the opinion here. I was a little surprised to see them at 22nd. You know, we look at some of the teams that are in front of them with Indy and Tennessee. Just (coughs) off of Brian Burns and Derek Brown alone, they might be getting there. Obviously, the rest of this unit isn't fantastic. Uh, Shaq Thompson is a nice linebacker, but he's getting a little bit older, and once the previous regime kind of stopped investing in this group, it did start to deteriorate a little bit because I think Matt rule and those guys kind of had their hands tied to be like, okay, we need to build an offense now after I believe they invested like four of their five, uh, round one and round two picks into defense two years in a row. So they just kept defense, defense, defense. And, you know, JC Horn was a 2021 pick. Brian Burns was 2019, Derek Brown 2020, so they just kept investing, 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 and some of the guys didn't pan out, and now the guys that did are still here, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, um, but we're starting to get like Shy Tuttle was a signing from this year, uh, a lot of other guys, I'm blanking on the first name for D. Williams, I feel like a bad person, but it is what it is, I'm sorry to uh, D. Williams, I'm going to look it up now, I don't sorry. care, I don't care. And I'm not cutting this out either. I won't do it. Deshaun. You're one for like a hundred. Deshaun. I, I, so, hey, man. Deshaun Williams. Okay. Those are okay. obviously new signings that they're bringing in here as well to fill the gaps. Uh, but I was a little bit surprised to see them this low. Uh, but I, I think Brian Burns is really, really, really good. Did disappoint a little bit last year. Uh, I, was, I liked him a lot. I had him as a sleeper defensive player of the year candidate last year. Didn't really step up to the task here. So I'm I'm not out, but I won't be making that prediction again for this year, especially without like a guy. I mean, Uter Gross Matos is fine, but he's not somebody to just be like, oh, that's form. It's not like Alex Highsmith on the other side of T.J. Watt, where you're like, oh, he's going to take some pressure off of the big guy. I, I know that's a Steelers example, but it's just like, it's just that's the first one you thought of, Alex Highsmith. <laughs> what do you? I mean, you think about the other top edge. He's rushers. a very fine player. He's a very fine player, but he's not the first example. That was Alex Highsmith led the league in sacks for half the season last year. Watch your mouth, buddy. Okay. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're, this isn't a Steelers podcast. We're talking about the Panthers. Um, but yeah, this front seven is okay. 
Um, I think Brian Burns and Derek Brown have kind of capped out. And unfortunately, like two years ago, we were talking about, man, if if they could continue to develop like this, this could be a top 10 front seven, a top eight front seven. And they have panned out. It's just the rest of the guys haven't, and they've kind of capped out. And this might kind of be where they're at. Again, I think 22 is a little low, so maybe they're somewhere in the teens in actuality. But I'm not as excited for this group as I would have been two years ago. Yeah, that's the truth. But you can get a little bit more excited once you start to look at the secondary for the Panthers. And maybe that's like what's got us all messed up. Like Because this defense put together as a whole is better than the 20s, you know? So once you take a look at this secondary, you'll understand. Let me break it down. Uh, you got J.C. Horn, former first-round corner, um, a hell of a player. Uh, obviously, he's going to do great things this year. Um, hasn't really burst onto the scene yet as a corner. Obviously, showed flashes. Um, obviously, he was a very highly touted prospect. Uh, but looks to really put his name into stone this year. Uh, and then you got Jeremy Chin on the other side. Not too bad. Uh, Xavier Woods in the safety position. And the big guy they brought over from Cincy is Von Bell, uh, which is going to be huge for them on the secondary. But, I mean, taking a look at this unit, we got him ranked 13th. And you got to be excited when it comes to the secondary. And it starts with J.C. Horn. Yeah, it really does. I think J.C. Horn could solidify himself as one of the top corners of the league this upcoming season he obviously had his rookie campaign cut short uh i think he broke something in his foot in i like week three of year one i remember it was the thursday night football game against the texans and that was the last game that sam donald won that season if i'm not mistaken um, what a what a memory yeah, cause he, remember remember the panthers started three and oh and everybody was like oh my god the panthers are gonna be like this they got this young defense they've got sam Darnold, who looks like he's figured it out now that he's not in new york anymore and yep. they ended up falling flat on their face as sam Darnold does and as the panthers do but classic jc horn really really showed out last year he's got that elite blend of speed and strength that not too many guys have, you know, I remember him coming out with certain. I was a certain guy over a JC Horn guy, but I'm not going to say that I'm wrong, but I was definitely wrong about JC Horn as a whole. I didn't think he was going to be that. I just didn't think he'd translate as well into the NFL as certain did. And obviously certain right now, probably still better than JC Horn, but I didn't think JC Horn would be as good as he's been. He's been fantastic. Um, they also have Jeremy Chin here who they've moved down from safety uh, down to the nickel spot as they've added Von Bell, who has been a solid start in the league, has been around. He's been in with New Orleans and with Cincinnati last season. Uh, they still have Dante Jackson here, who's one of the fastest players in the NFL, for those that weren't fully aware. Um, and Xavier Woods is here as well, another solid starter for them. This unit really, I'm not going to say it relies on J.C. Horn, but if J.C. Horn can become like a top five corner by the end of this season, which is very, very possible for him with the stuff that he showed towards the end of last year. We're talking about a top 10 unit because, you know, if you've got a top five guy, all the rest of the guys got to do is really pick up the slack. And I mean, I think Jeremy Chin is a great player. I think Dante Jackson is an above average starter in the NFL and those safeties are going to do more than enough for you. So this might be your biggest point of optimism other than the quarterback spot on this team. Uh, and it's it really is the most exciting part of the defense, especially now that that 
front seven has kind of subsided and you're not as excited about it anymore because they aren't as young and there isn't as much potential now that they've kind of hit it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, J.C. Horn, he's one of the... I mean, we're starting to run out of the, like, classic shutdown corners that we grew up watching. You know, it's been a long time since we saw Revis. Uh, it seems like yeah. the end of uh, Jalen Ramsey is here. Uh, so, hopefully we can have the next shutdown corner. I haven't corner seen much of Deion Horn, Sanders I, in a little bit, so, yeah. Hey, bro, fuck off. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, name one other corner that's fallen off recently. Because there is a significant gap between I'll, Revis I'll, I'll and I'll give you Ramsey. Gilly. That's like the one that would have came to my mind is Gilly because okay. Gilly was what he won Defense Player of the Year in like 2019, um, but he was like the bridge in my mind between Revis and like this generation. That's fair. Pat okay. Pete as well, Ooh. even though he's not falling off, he's oh. still just as good as he was now that he's a Steeler. Just as he, he's prime Arizona Cardinals, Pat Pete. Look at you guys, Allen Robinson, Patrick Peterson, Papa. like looking like for resurgences of the career at very late stages. Mm-hmm. But you know, gotta love the Steelers for that. So, but as you said earlier, it's not a Steelers podcast; mm-hmm. it is a Panthers podcast. So we're going to dive in to the coaching for the Carolina Panthers this year, and they got a new guy at the helm. I love the uh, picture of choice that you had here. Because uh, Frank Reich was a former quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in his playing days. Uh, so, gotta love that. He's coming back to his old team to be the head coach years later. Uh, didn't really work out um, in Indy. Uh, had pretty strong success in Philly. Goes over Indianapolis. Doesn't really shine out there. And now he's in Carolina. And the thing with Frank Reich, like, and why I didn't really think it was going to work in the first place in Indy, was that... He's a quarterback whisperer. Like, he's known as the quarterback whisperer. Like, people have thrown that around when it comes to Frank Reich a lot. And, I mean, considering he's a former NFL quarterback, that's fair. Uh, But I want to make sure. Okay, yeah, we're good. Never mind. Uh, But he hasn't really had any quarterbacks to whisper to. (laughs) Well, besides this year, um, I, I mean, when you look back at his time in Philly, obviously proved that. Uh, but now he's finally got a quarterback that he can work on a project to dive into in Bryce Young. Uh, so you got to love that. Um, if you were to pick your choice of uh, guys to lead Bryce Young into the future, uh, I don't know if I'd say Frank Reich is on the short list. He was uh, definitely, definitely not definitely the higher from this off like from this coaching cycle. If you were looking for an offensive head coach, that he would have been my guy. Yeah, I mean. This is a hell of a way to start your rebuild, I guess, in Carolina. And you can't really do it much better uh, than going new head coach, number one overall pick, new new quarterback. I mean, you're doing the damn thing, and it starts with Frank Reich. So what do you think of him uh, going into this year? I, I like this hire. Like I said, I know where every fucking wrinkle on that guy's face is from looking for pictures of Frank. Like, I'm trying because I've been trying to find pictures of, of them from like training camp and stuff. Just I want to have them in Panthers attire for the picture. Couldn't find anything. Like the only one that I could find looked like shit. So I was like, fuck it. Frank Reich was a Panther, is a Panther. It's all the same. We're throwing him in, in helmet and pads. I don't care. Um, 
God forbid Bryce Young misses some time. Yeah, no, I mean, know? hey, look at that guy. I mean, wh- who who would you rather have between Matt Corral or I mean, Frank Reich at this stage in his career? And and he looked pretty good on the treadmill and hard knocks, I will not hashtag, lie. He got fired after that season, but, you Hashtag know, he a turd also. And also, I think you're, Ooh. yeah, yeah. I also think that you are kind of underrating his uh, tenure as a as the Colts head coach. I believe they made the playoffs twice in his yeah they made the playoffs twice uh got to the divisional game in 2018 his first season and okay all right only had i mean if you want to count the end was a train wreck it was like oh. the most public well, train pro- wreck that we've had in the coaching carousel in a long and, time and, and again we're not talking about the colts today but like i said he's not shopping from the bargain bin anymore and they the panthers did this and so did the colts the Colts went from after Luck retired. It was Philip Rivers, then it, or it was Jacoby Brissett, then it was Philip Rivers, and it was Carson Wentz, then it was Matt Ryan. Like you said, he's not whispering to anybody. He's talking to himself out there. He's just talking to himself. Yeah. And yeah. I, I felt bad for him because they were always like, "Oh, just get him a quarterback," and they were like, "Oh yeah, we'll get you a quarterback, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan," and like you can't expect that guy to like develop those guys. They're developed already, so. I still think that two playoff appearances with those quarterbacks is a success for Frank Reich, and that's why I'm saying I think this is one of the better hires of this offseason, maybe even the best hire of this offseason. You know, I know that he's not a young guy. Like, he's not an up-and-coming coordinator, so people don't talk about it as much, and especially with the way that the Indy thing ended, a lot of people don't want to give him the credit he deserves. Dude, he was a phenomenal head coach for Indy. A lot of, like, during his tenure in Indy, was regarded as one of the better head coaches in the NFL, and you're able to get that guy... In Carolina, as as you get the number one pick, you know, a guy that's known for his quarterback whispering ability um, to come in and coach your number one overall pick who has all the talent in the world. I love that hire. I also, uh, I really like the Giro Evero uh, hiring as well. Somehow they're able to poach him away from Denver to, I guess, kind of Sean Payton came in and cleaned house. Uh, but he takes the defensive coordinator job here in Carolina. Do not be surprised if this guy is getting head coaching offers next offseason because of the way that this defense is built. If they are able to exceed expectations for them this year, I think he's going to be getting head coaching offers as well. And then just real quickly on the offensive side, we talked about Thomas Brown a little bit. He was the Rams run game coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. He then switched over to the uh, tight ends coach last season developed the monster that is Tyler Higby. Um, but another solid signing, and I think that works nicely because he can focus a lot more on the running game while Frank Reich focuses a little bit more on the passing game and Bryce Young and that whole situation. So I think this is a very nice staff. I know we only have them at 24th, uh, but I really like a lot of the things that they did this year. Yeah, I think that there's a lot, uh, definitely in my rankings of the head coaching for the Panthers. Like, there's a lot of uh, recency bias there, and I honestly didn't really recognize it until you just pointed it out. Like, he had a really solid tenure in Indy before it went so wrong so fast. Uh, but before that, it was really good, and he was really great in Philly. So this is a solid head coach that you're bringing in for a new operation in Carolina. So you got to feel good about the future going forward. So. All right, let's move on from the coaching and dive into the schedule for the 2023 Carolina Panthers. And straight the schedule comes in at 27th among the league, so you've got to love that. 
Uh, the Vegas over-under is 7.5, which, honestly, for a rookie quarterback in this roster, that's pretty that's a pretty high mark, uh, to say the least. Um, but once you look at the schedule, you kind of realize that, hey, man, it's there is a serious shot that they could win eight games this year. I mean, I'm looking at it. Their toughest stretch, they really have a gauntlet uh, weeks three through six. They've got Seattle, Minnesota, Detroit, and Miami. And if you want to call that a gauntlet, you can. I mean, that's the gauntlet out of this schedule, uh, 27th ranked uh, schedule in the league. Um, but after that stretch, I mean... It's it's almost smooth sailing. Like you've got the Cowboys, the Titans, but they're all winnable games after that. So I think with Bryce Young at the helm, I think I'm gonna go over and I'm gonna go eight wins for the Carolina Panthers, who no won't win the division. I was gonna say they could win the division, but won't win the division. But what do you think? I'm gonna say they will win this division. I'm gonna go over as well. Oh, and here's why. Okay. Like you mentioned, that if you want to call that a gauntlet, you can call it a gauntlet. It's from weeks three through six. That is the first that's within the first two months of the season. Then they get their bye week. So after they get out of that gauntlet, quote unquote, they get to go back reset. Let's say they go one and three through that stretch. They so let's say they're two and four at this. They go into the bye week, they get to reset, they walk right back out against Houston. You get the one two matchup, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, that's fun. Then very next week you get the Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson matchup, and then the very next week you get Justin Fields versus Bryce Young, which, you know, Bryce Young could be a bear right now if the Bears front office thought a little bit differently about Justin Fields. So those are three very fun matchups that I think are going to generate a lot of buzz in Carolina. But really, after that bye week, your only stiff competition for the rest of the year is Dallas. I think they're a 50-50 toss-up in every single game outside of Dallas. Maybe Jacksonville on the road. I would get. I would say that Jacksonville is going to be pretty heavily favored in that game. But you know, who knows? By week 17, who knows what could happen? Um, like I said in the in the write-up there, when a team drafts a quarterback number one, you're not really ready to be like, okay, well let's go let's go compete and let's try and win this division. And they have a unique opportunity here. They've got one of the weaker schedules in the league, and they're playing in the worst division in the league. There's not a clear favorite. You could very well argue that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this division at this current moment in time. And when you have Mm -hmm. the best quarterback in the division, you're going to have a shot pretty much every season. So I, I like this bet. If I was placing bets down on the division winner for the NFC South, I'd probably be taking Carolina. Yeah, I mean, as you talk it out i mean this division is not the best i mean it's got three rookie quarterbacks in it bryce young being one of them and saying that bryce young is the best quarterback in the division is not a stretch at all because the other quarterback is baker mayfield yeah you got baker so, wait no yeah, no you're thinking of the afc yeah. south with levis stroud richardson you're, but you're right it's baker mayfield you're right you're right it's Desmond Ritter, who I will say definitively Bryce right. Young is better than both of those guys by, you know, maybe a substantial Carr. margin. And then Derek Carr, what we saw from Derek Carr last year, I'd say Bryce Young could very well be better than that. Clear that mark with ease. So I really like Carolina's outlook for this season. This might be the first time I'm going over, maybe the second uh, as far as the over-under goes. But like I said, man, from after that bye week, they get the reset after that tough stretch. That after that, they really just, they're playing Dallas at home and they play Jacksonville on the road. Those are the only two games that I can confidently say they'll be more than a four-point underdog in. Yeah, that's true. The only, and we'll talk to them because they're uh, we've got them coming up here at some point uh, in the near future. Say, man, hey, Falcons, don't, don't spoil it here. 
<laughs> well, I think the Falcons uh, really have a shot at the division I do, this year. I do, too. To... I do, too. And we'll talk about them uh, shortly. Yeah. Yeah. TBD. Yeah. TBD. Yeah. So, all right. Let's move on from the schedule and let's dive into the wrap it up slide, uh, the ranking slide. So, let's do it. Offense across the board for Blitzpop members. Uh, the consensus rank is 25th. Uh, the defensive rank uh, across the board for us is 21, which I would have thought it would have been higher. I know, because you, you uh, said you were like, well, this defense as a whole isn't going to be ranking in the 20s. I was surprised, too. Yeah. I, like, I've, I've even got the spreadsheet pulled up with all of our rankings in it. I have them at 18th. Um, you have them at 20th. Okay. Mitchell has them at 20th. And Tyler had them at twenty. Tyler must have them at. 30. Tyler had them at twenty fifth. It was kind of weird because if you average that out, that doesn't equal twenty one. But I guess they were just in like a clump. There, it's not everybody's yeah. the same, but everybody was very close, and they just happened to be on the bottom of that. Um. But I I would not be surprised if they're able to break that twenty first ranking. Same thing with that offensive ranking. That offensive ranking, obviously outside of your star quarterbacks. Um. It's going to be more contingent on the quarterback than maybe any other offense in the league. I think that if Bryce Young is very good, like Justin Herbert, maybe not Justin Herbert good, because Justin Herbert may have been the best rookie quarterback we've seen in a very, very long time with how good he was in year one. But if he is like offensive rookie of the year level player, we could be talking about a top 18, 16 offense, something like that. If Bryce Young is not good, you're talking about maybe the worst offense in the NFL, if not one of them, um, which is why it's so pertinent that they keep that guy up straight. And that's why that offensive line is so important. That's why an Ika McQuanu big year two is so important is because they've got to keep that guy upright to be able to compete, really. Uh, and like I said, this is a low bar to hit. You're staying in this division you don't have to win 10 to 12 games to win this division. You know, who knows, but I can't foresee that happening. I mean, hell, you didn't even have to do it last year. And Tom Brady was in the division last year. So there's not really a high bar to hit. Now, as far as the championship window goes, that's a little different because you can't be like, oh, well, their division's so easy because let's say they do get into the dance and then they go play the Cowboys in the wild card game or the Eagles in the wild card game or something like that and they get the shit kicked in, you know. Not the, the being in a bad division doesn't really help you in that instance, but I did put one to two years away because you do have Bryce Young. I want to see how he looks now. If Bryce Young is good, and they the problem is they don't have a first round pick next year, so you can't really add to this roster that much, which is why I'm concerned about the wide receiver room because unless Jonathan Mingo is that guy for you. Who's going to be Bryce Young's number one target going forward? You're not trusting DJ Chark to stay healthy long term. I just I don't, I'm out on Terrence Marshall being that guy, and Adam Thielen's 33. So if it's not Jonathan Mingo, you got to figure it out next year, and we're just keep pushing this process back a little bit. But if he's not good, granted, I'd probably give him some more time because he's a rookie quarterback. But this team is very interesting, and you know, with number one quarterback you are going to be very interested, or the number one pick who was a quarterback, it's going to be very interesting to talk about. But I'm excited for this Panther season. I really am. And I've talked myself into it more and more as we go throughout this uh, video. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
I, as I was doing the rankings, I talked myself more and more into the Panthers. I mean, they made investments on the offense. Like, obviously not significant investments. Uh, Could have gone uh, much deeper. But they did make investments on this offense. Like, they went Miles Sanders. They signed Adam Thielen. They brought in uh, DJ Chark. Like, they brought in Hayden Hurst. You know? And then there's a version of this where... Terrence Marshall does work out this year. Maybe he ends up being a wide receiver, too, in the National Football League. Jonathan Mingo turns into wide receiver one. So then you got Mingo, Marshall, you got Sanders in the backfield, Bryce Young leading the way. You got a really strong, young defense. Uh, You got a line that Bryce Young's going to grow with. So there's a version of this that, like, in one to two years, as we've got it in the window here, they're, like, consistently winning the division. You know, if Bryce Young is the quarterback that we've touted him up to be. So exciting future ahead for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, And it could happen this year. You know, we're not throwing it out the window because we both have them over the seven and a half win mark and possibly win this year. One more thing uh, just on this division. Yeah. Bryce Young is the only quarterback in this division of the Panthers are the only team in this division that I could say have their long term answer at quarterback. Baker Mayfield's probably not your long-term answer in Tampa Bay. Derek Carr's probably not your long-term answer in New Orleans, and I highly doubt the Desmond Ritter's your long-term answer in Atlanta. They're the only team that I can say right now has their guy three to four years from now. And, you know, who knows what Atlanta's going to do in the draft. Tampa Bay might be one of the worst teams in the NFL. They can go get a guy. But as of right this moment, they're the only guy that I can confidently say their quarterback right now will be their quarterback four years from now. Yeah. That's 100% true. Uh, who knows? Maybe if we see something special out of Desmond Ritter this year, we could be shocked. Uh, but, yeah, he doesn't seem to be the guy. And Bryce Young, he seems to be signed up to be a Carolina Panther for the foreseeable future. So, got to love that. Got to love the outlook for this team going forward. So, that just wraps us up uh, for the Carolina Panthers at 24 uh, looking forward to the teams that we got left. I don't even want to say how many teams we've done so far because my math has been horrific. You want to say it for me? Do you know? Nine. Okay. Nine. Nine down, many more to go as we roll through the offseason. Love doing these. Uh, but we will catch you on our 23rd ranked episode. Peace.